This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Weapons of Class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. All other weapons are restricted. Government officials ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the purge concludes. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. Hey, guys. Uh, hello. <laughs> Christine's apparently a Muppet now. <laughs> no, I'm just cold. I'm sorry. It's cold in here. It My is bad. cold. So, we're back. Second part of the two-parter. Part two. Covering all of the Purge movies. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, we're going to be covering the Purge Anarchy and the Purge Election Year. In this episode, we really, really like both of these movies. Yeah. I think these are probably two of the better ones. The first one's my favorite. Election Year's a close second. Anarchy, pretty close after that. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty decent order of things. Succession. Succession. And, you know, we're just going to talk about them and we're going to see how things go. There's a lot of character development in mm -hmm. these next two movies, I think. Yeah. We're introduced to Sergeant, Sergeant Leo Burns. They don't say his name in Anarchy, though. They just call him Sergeant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't know his name until election year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're just going to actually get right into it. Dive um, right in. Dive right in. The first one we're going to talk about is Anarchy. And this one, I think, is the most complicated <laughs> out of yeah. all of them. There's a lot of things that are happening, a lot of characters. So I'm just going to go over basically the ones that are important because there's a lot of, I think, secondary, secondary char characters that nobody yeah. really cares about. So nobody cares about you. Yeah. This was directed by James DeMonaco, who directed The First Purge in 2013. This movie actually came out in 2014. He also directed Election Year, too, which is probably why we like all three yeah. of them and not The First yeah, Purge. Not The First Purge, because it was a different director. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, these three all have a very interesting premise, the way that they all kind of work together. And the continuity is there. Things are very linear throughout this. And then you get the first purge that's kind of like off in its own little world. Yeah. <laughs> this stars Frank Grillo. He is Sergeant, but you later find out his name is Sergeant Leo Barnes. And he was Crossbones in Captain America. So hardcore. So hardcore. Actually, for the longest time, I thought that he that was played by Eric Bana because they look very similar. They do, but I think that Frank Grillo is hotter. <laughs> he he is attractive. I will give him that. He looks pretty short though, so that's gonna be a no that's for a, me. That's a deal breaker. We're both pretty tall, so we need How tall are you? I'm five eight. Me too. Yeah, we're both pretty tall for girls. Yeah. So we we like our guys to be How tall is Devin? Uh my husband is six three. Chase is six two. Yeah. So we, we like our guys. I always forget how tall they are. And then I stand in front of them. And I know. I'm like, oh, you're so tall. You're so tall. That's why I love Tom Hiddleston because he's 6'2". Oh. And that's why you love Jason Momoa. Because he's 6'5". He's huge. <laughs> <laughs> it also stars... It's a big bitch. They are very big. That's men. one of my favorite things to say. <laughs> That's a big bitch. That's really... But about a guy, not about a girl. Yes. Don't say that about girls. Don't say those things to us. But it's okay to say about boys. It's not sexism. Double standards. It's not a double standard. 
So it also stars Carmen, um, I'm going to butcher this, Ejogo, I think. Ayango. Ayago. Iogo. Iago. I'm not sure. Forgive me. Sorry, Carmen. Uh, she plays Eva Sanchez, and she was actually in Selma, which is a fantastic oh. movie, and she was also in Fantastic Beasts. She plays. <gasps> That's right. She plays Serafina. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. She's a, a bad bitch. She is a bad bitch. It also stars Zach Guilford. He plays Shane and he was in Last Winter and The Devil's Do, which The Devil's Do was terrible. So sorry about it. This was the first good movie I think he was in. <laughs> and then we have Kate Sanchez. Uh, she plays Liz. Kate and- Sanchez? Or Kyle. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think it's either Kylie or Kyle. I'm not entirely sure. Mm. We're just fucking up everybody's names in this. And she was in Lost. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I haven't watched in many, many years, but I do remember her on there. And then um, Zoe Soul plays Callie. Uh, she wasn't really in anything that I could recognize, mm. but whatever. And then one of my favorites, <laughs> Noel Guglielmi. <laughs> Come on, Noel Guglielmi. You know who Noel Guglielmi is. You've seen him in many, many movies. He plays pretty much himself. Oh. In every movie. What's his character? He is Diego. Oh, shit. That guy? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's the one in Bruce Almighty that gets the monkey of his butt? Yes, he is. <laughs> Claim to fame right there. But he literally plays the same guy in every single movie. He plays a, a gangster, which he does very well. So good job, Noel. Way to go. He didn't have a whole lot of screen time in this. No, but he it didn't. was it was pretty profound. When he pretty was profound scene. Yeah. Get into it, okay, Julie. So get into it. We're gonna get into it. So this takes place on March twenty first, which the end of March is the purge time. It is the twenty first to the twenty second of March every single year. The year is twenty twenty three. So it's the year after the purge. Just yes. the regular purge yes, movie. It is. The media is saying that, you know, the annual purge is making everything in the economy amazing people are basically at this time you know preparing to either barricade themselves in doors or they're gonna come out and they're gonna commit some acts of violence they're gonna steal things gonna commit some crime right people do all those all those things that you bottle up inside to be a productive member of society the nation's impoverished population is actually no longer seen as people they're now just living garbage Mm. which is really actually quite terrible yeah. This is kind of honestly life imitating art at some times. I think that that can really happen in real life. People just don't see people with no money as people. They see them as just really expendable. Now the wealthy are just saying that they're basically only living to serve their needs at this point. And they're basically just canon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically just cannon fodder at this point for the purge. Before the sixth purge commences, there is a really successful anti-purge group that's led by Carmelo Johns and his partner, the stranger from the first film, which is the guy that came into the house. Yep. Yes. So they lead this anti-purge resistance group. His name is Dante Bishop. Yes. And they are going to hijack the government feeds to denounce the founding fathers and their actions. Oh, wait, no. Just kidding. His name's not Dante Bishop. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, I don't... Wait, no. I'm thinking of the wrong movie. (laughs) It's okay. So basically the guy from the first movie that they let into the house. The bloody guy? Yes. His name's Dante Bishop. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really roundabout way of figuring this out, but we figured it out. Yep. So basically, we're in a futuristic Los Angeles. There is a waitress. Her name is Eva Sanchez. And she has a 17-year-old daughter named Callie. 
and she has a very terminally ill father named Rico and they all hate the founding fathers because who wouldn't at this point unless you're rich you hate the founding fathers yeah even Callie are like, we're going to barricade ourselves in time, inside. And Rico's like, I'm going to go to my room and be alone. He seems pretty upset about life. Yeah. And they're actually, after he's like, I'm going to my room. Don't bother me. They actually seem like, was that weird to you? Yeah. We don't know him as anything other than being upset because that's how we're introduced to him. Right. They're like, that was weird. That yeah. was weird. Yeah. They make very obvious comments saying, that was weird. Mm-hmm. The purge alarm sounds. The purge has now begun. And Rico decides, I'm going to go in uh, the limousine. And he leaves a note for his family, essentially saying that he sold himself as a purge offering in exchange for $100,000 for even Callie after the purge happens. And they're extremely distraught about this. Yeah. So what happens is Eva's making dinner and Callie's like, I'm going to go get... I think she calls him Papa or Mm -hmm. something. And she's like, no, he said not to bother him. So she goes in there anyway and finds this note. And and Callie's like, I need to go find him. I need to go find him. And Eva's like, no, he's gone. And they're super distraught and upset. Yeah. I mean, I would not trade my father for $100,000. No. Like, absolutely not. Not that they were, but But it's like, this is what my life is worth. Pretty much. We get another view of a married couple and they're in a grocery store. So this is Shane and Liz. They're in a grocery store and they get ambushed by this masked group of bikers. Yeah. And they're trying to drive away to avoid them, but their car breaks down and the biker gang cuts off their fuel line, basically. So they can't drive away. So one of them comes up and scares Shane. Yes. And while they're focused on him, I think somebody shimmies under their car and cuts their fuel line. Yes. During all of this, there's an off-duty LAPD sergeant, Leo Barnes. Sergeant Leo Barnes. And he's going to kill this guy named Warren Grass. And he basically had inadvertently run down and killed his son while driving drunk. Not during the purge, mind you, just in normal everyday life. But he was acquitted on legal technicalities, which is terrible. That's some bullshit. That is some bullshit. And honestly, if somebody did that to my kid, I would wait for the purge and then kill them several times over. But that's just me. (laughs) And despite all of these, you know, his ex-wife is saying, no, don't do it. Don't do it. He's like, no, I'm going to do it. And he's got this badass armored car. It is. I would love to drive that thing around. He's just flipping people off so they throw things at me. And I'm like, I'm armored, bitches. (laughs) You You can't catch me. You can't catch me. So he's driving around this armored car. He's got a bunch of weapons. And he's basically just like posing as a vigilante at this point. Shane and Liz are trying to find, you know, safer hiding places. The purge is commencing. Even Callie are being attacked by the superintendent of their building. Is that you, Noel Guglielmi? No, it's Diego. <laughs> it is who is played by Noel Guglielmi. So yeah. he he essentially is like trying to rape them. Yeah. And it's really terrible. And he, he, he felt super insulted by Eva, who just like passes him by every single day. Which, if you're going to be a creep and be... Be like, nice ass as you walk by. Like, who's not going to totally just be like, fuck you. Right. We've talked about this before. Catcalling women. Does that actually work for you? No. No. He actually gets gunned down by this random bunch of people who essentially are capturing Liz and Ava, or not Liz and Ava, Eva and Callie to take them to their leader, Big Daddy. <laughs> for what his, a name. For his own, he's having his own personal purge. Mm-hmm. It's just like his own little purge party. And he's in the back of a giant semi-truck yeah. <laughs> with a fucking, what kind of gun would you call that? Um, 
don't remember specifically what kind of gun it was. Oh, it's one of those that like shoots off hundreds of rounds like per a, second. Like an AR or a. Uh, it's gun got. Of some it's sort? got. Yeah, I would say a Tommy gun, but it has its own stand, and he's oh, just standing at the like back. a fifty cal. Yeah, <laughs> okay. he's standing at the back in the back of this semi, and everything's all covered in in plastic, mm-hmm. and he's in this weird butcher's apron, and he's just firing at people in the street. Basically, Leo is driving by, and he sees this going down and he rescues them and he kills all of them but he wounds big daddy he doesn't kill him he's got some serious issues though right before he goes out for sure there's a part of when the group is pulling eva out of it's either eva or callie uh pulling them down the front front steps and one of them tosses the girl like she weighs nothing. Yeah, they like throw her like a lawn dart. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like whoever that uh, that person was at that moment that was playing her, the stunt person. Yeah, good they got, job. They got tossed. they got tossed. <laughs> then they find Shane and Liz. They're hiding in Leo's car. They somehow manage to get in there. Yeah, um, they like just try the door and they're like, it's open. The door's open. <laughs> Dumbass, lock your car. It's an armored car. Doesn't it have like an automatic? lock thing when you get out you'd think so that was a big manufacturer problem (laughs) so then they flee they're running away and big daddy he fires the big 50 cal at them and he damages the vehicle and the car breaks down so Mm -hmm. then the group are like shit we're on foot so they run away but in the meantime it was like leo i'm gonna get you a new car my my co-worker tanya you know if you protect us i'll get a new car and he's like, okay. He's like, I as guess. long as I can get, because he doesn't want them with him. Yeah, no. He's like, no, you're gonna slow me down. Yeah, he has and, a mission. Yeah, and so she's like, no, my friend, she'll give you her car. He's like, okay, as long as I get the car, like I'll go with you guys. They're trying to essentially navigate the streets during purge time, which is not very safe, <laughs> and they find that the anti-purge group has really been gaining the upper hand against the purgers this whole time. So good for them. And then they find a van that's surrounded by soldiers who were shot to get shot to death by the resistance fighters. And they're like, oh, okay. They Shane gets stuck in like a trap. Oh yeah. It traps his foot and then yanks him down towards yeah. like a sewer line mm-hmm. or something like that. Very much like uh, what happens in the first purge with what's her name when she gets almost pulled into the oh that's right yeah yeah with naya mm-hmm. he gets stuck in this trap and they're like oh geez you know we gotta we gotta save you and they finally get him out and they take all these guns from the abandoned truck we're gonna go to the subway and i'm like that's not a good idea it's never a good idea haven't you seen cloverfield <laughs> right those things are down in the in the subway it's a bad idea Plus, you're essentially trapping yourself somewhere. Never a good idea in situations like this. So then there's like this purging gang that are like pyrotechnics. They've got fire and everything. Mm-hmm. You remember that? No. Oh, really? That that scene was actually kind of cool. Basically. Wait. Oh, yeah. They're coming down the subway. Yeah. And they are and lighting they have, people on fire. Yeah. And Just the people that are running, they're lighting them on fire and yes. letting them run. Got and it. that's I causing remember. a lot of chaos that's going on. Shane gets wounded in the meantime. Shane is really the one. He gets shot in the shoulder. Yes. He's dragging everybody down at this point. You and suck, Shane. <laughs> they finally get away. He and Liz actually get, they destroy the alter, all-terrain vehicle that they have. And it's got a, prote- a propane tank. That's right. Yeah. They let everybody else 
run mm-hmm. and Liz and Shane stay and basically just fire off rounds at the... And it like blows up the whole yeah. thing and it kills yeah. all of the gang. Very convenient. So then they run for their lives and Ava unknowingly signals a traffic camera essentially to identify them and they pick up the location of Tanya's apartment building. Mm. So now they know where they are and the group, they finally get to Tanya's house, but there's no car. <laughs> yeah. She just, she's like, I had to say that to you. Otherwise you wouldn't have come with us. And he's like, screw you. Yeah. He gets real mad, which he I don't blame him. So then Tanya's family's like, Hey, you guys want to come in and have some dinner and we'll fix you up. Yeah. And wine and yeah. stuff. And yeah. the whole time Tanya's sister is being this total. Oh, she's awful. Um, She's like making fun of her own husband for going out in camouflage during purge night. Mm -hmm. And anyways, go ahead. So then uh, Lorraine (laughs) murders Tanya. Oh, yeah. Uh, So Leo actually sees Tanya like I thought that Tanya was going to do something weird because the whole time, like she and her family are giving off some serious weird vibes. Mm -hmm. He sees Tanya taking some pills. So he goes up to Eva and he's like, hey, your friend's taking some pills and mixing them with alcohol. Are you sure you're okay to stay here and can trust her? And she's like, oh, I would trust her with my life. And then Lorraine kills her. Yeah. Because she finds... She slept with her husband. She found out a while ago that uh, Tanya slept with her husband. So she goes on a rampage. Yeah. The group's like, okay, well, we're gonna get out of here, essentially. Obviously, they leave and they get captured by this masked gang. Who, they were the original ones who ambushed Liz and Shane when they were in the grocery store. So the gang essentially says, we have no intention of killing you guys and we're actually gonna sell you at auction. Yeah. (laughs) And so they go to this theater and all of these upper class purgers are bidding on them essentially to be human targets. They're just human hunting. Yeah, they're like talking about the hunt. Yeah. This is all the weird shit that rich people do that none of us commoners know about. Yeah. (laughs) So the group is, they're like forced into this like gladiator arena. Yeah. And Leo kills, he subdues and kills a purger and he takes his weapon and the guy has night vision glasses. Yeah. And so then he, of course, obviously uses that to kill several people and he gives like Shane um, and the others some weapons and then the purger's like, you know what? call in security because we need to quell this uprising right now. Shane gets shot and killed. Finally. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He's been wounded several times and he finally dies. And of course, Liz is very upset because that is her husband. Whatever. They were going to split up anyway. I know. And as she's sitting there crying, the anti-purge group shows up and they attack this big compound that they're all in and they kill the security forces and the remaining purgers. Yeah. And Callie recognizes them because she follows them on social media and the news and everything. She's like, I know who you are. Liz is like, I'm gonna stay with the resistance fighters to retaliate against the murderers for killing my husband. And Leo and Ava and Callie are like, peace out. (laughs) And Leo actually carjacks the guy who's like the lead purger. No, it's a girl. Yeah. You said the guy who's the lead Oh, that's right. Sorry, it is a girl. They like- It's an old lady. It is an old rich lady. And he hijacks her and he's like, get the fuck out of this car. I'm taking it. So she gets out and they're like, we're gonna go to a suburban neighborhood. So they stop by uh, Warren Grass, the guy who Leo initially set out to kill. They stop by his house and it's 6.55 a.m. So it's five minutes before the purge is done. Mm -hmm. You know, he tells them the story about what happened to his son. He goes in the house and Warren and his wife are there and he's like threatening them. And you don't see what happens inside of the house. It's super intense though. Yeah. 
the reason that he wants to kill him, what happened to his son, was Warren was drunk driving yeah. and hit their son. Yeah. And he died. Yeah. And, you know, Leo's a grieving father, which if that ever happened to one of my dad's kids, my dad would feel the same. Like, oh, for sure. I think anybody you, would. Any of you parents out there, I, I'm surprised that there's not more retaliation mm-hmm. by parents of kids who get killed in any kind of way like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just forgiveness and all that, but still I'm I'm just a little surprised that there's not more. Yeah, I am too, honestly, because I know I would. <laughs> Personally. Personally. <laughs> so you don't really see what happens in the house. Leo just walks out of the house and he's covered in blood. So you think he killed him. You think he killed him. Then fucking Big Daddy shows up yeah. and shoots him. Shoots him several times. Several times. And then he reveals that the new founding fathers, they secretly dispatched all these death squads to increase the body count, which, duh. Mm-hmm. Duh. If you haven't been following any of these movies, this should come, it comes as no surprise to me, at no. least when I first saw this, I was like, well, duh. Because people wouldn't naturally just go out and kill other people. Right. I mean, we are more of a um, violent society, but when it comes right down to it, I don't think that the numbers would be as high as some people would anticipate. Well, and they essentially were doing this because the purge did not eliminate enough of the lower class people as they wanted it to. The new founding father's original intentions, that was the essentially intention when the purge was conceived was for it to eliminate enough of the lower class Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't be a nuisance. And just as he's about to kill Leo, Warren shows up and kills Daddy. Warren, you're alive! Leo actually chose to forgive and spare him, which, good for him. Big Daddy's death squad shows up, and just as they're about to do some things, the sirens blare to signal the end of the purge. And they can't kill him. Yep, and Big Daddy's death was legal, and he spared Leo, and then Warren takes uh, Ava, Callie, and Leo to the hospital. The news and police helicopters are flying over the city, and at the end of the film, it is shown to be 7.09 in the morning on March 22nd, and there are 364 days until the next purge. <laughs> I really like this movie. It was good. It, it, this movie had the most action by far of any of the movies, I yeah. think. It was, and it was really fast-paced. It was fun. Like, I, I don't want to say that about a movie where obviously people are getting murdered, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. It, it was definitely way more fun to watch than the first one, I think. I liked that they made fun of rich people. They did. They. I mean, this is basically a direct shot at rich people doing rich people things. Yeah. While, you know, all of us commoners, you know, hang out in our own little worlds, completely oblivious to everything horrible that they do. Yeah. And I, I really like movies like that, like hostile movies like this, because it really sticks a finger in the eye of the upper class and says, you know, you people, there are people that are actually out there that do this stuff. Mm-hmm. which is super messed up, to be honest. I, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, me too. I can't believe that I thought that Anarchy was my least favorite. And I was actually going into it, watching it. I was like, oh, this is my least favorite. It's going to suck. And then I was like, wait, I don't remember any of this. And it was because I never saw it. So it is not my least favorite. I enjoy meeting Leo Barnes in the movie. I actually liked his character a lot. And the way that he develops in election year. I wondered why when I was watching election year, I was like, wait, why is he head of security? And we'll get into that when I when we discuss election year here in a little bit. But I was like, why him? Why this guy? And yeah. Yeah, I think that this serves as a really good intro to 
to his character. And I think Electioneer does a really good job of furthering his character development. And you get kind of more inside his mind. And I mean, he was he was a great character. And I think that he really makes Electioneer mm-hmm. the movie that it is. Same with Dante Bishop's character. They go over his character a little bit more in election year and who he is and why he is and what he is, actually. Now we're going to get into it. Election year. Election year. This actually was directed by James DeMonaco. Same guy. Same guy. Why we like it. It's starring Elizabeth Mitchell. She's Senator Senator Charlie Rowan. How you might know her is she was Carol, a.k.a. Mrs. Claus, in The Santa Claus 2 with Tim Allen. Wow. (laughs) What a claim to fame right Uh, there. Yeah. She's been in a couple other things, but that's how I knew her and Ah. how I figured other people would know her as well. Ah. Frank Grillo again, Leo Barnes, he was Crossbones in Avengers Endgame, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Civil War. Uh, McKelty Williamson, he plays Joe Dixon. I didn't know this until I looked it up. He was Bubba in Forrest Gump. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Awesome. I was so excited to see that. Joseph Julian Sophia, he's Marcos. Uh, He was actually Octavio in Hamlet too. You remember? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Betty Gabriel, she plays Lainey Rucker, and she was actually Georgina in Get Out. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, the grandma. Yes. Spoiler, sorry. Yes, she yes. The grandma. Kyle Secor, uh, he's Minister Edwidge Owens. He was Jake Kane in Veronica Mars. Edwin Hodge again, he plays Dante Bishop. He was Danny in Red Dawn. Like I said before, I feel like the Purge movies do a really good job of putting music in to really violent situations. It starts out with 20th Century Boy playing by T-Rex. There is, it's uh, the senator and her family are tied up by a mass purger, but it's when she's kind of like a middle school aged girl. Mass purger is taunting them with his purge playlist and tells them that he'll play a final purge game called Mommy's Choice, where the mother chooses which person in the family will get to live and everybody else dies. It never actually shows who she chooses, but you get that Charlie, the senator, was chosen and forced to watch as her mother, father, and brother were killed. Fast forward 18 years later, the senator is a U.S. senator campaigning for the presidency, promising executive action will be taken to end the annual purge nights. Obviously, she's against it because her whole family was killed on purge night. Right. Former police sergeant Leo Barnes is now her head of security. Watching anarchy and then going to election year, it makes sense. Yeah. The New Founding Fathers of America, NFFA, and their candidate. Minister Edwidge Owens view the senator as a threat under the pretense of regaining public trust. They revoke immunity for the government officials, including her on purge night, yeah. which when that's announced, I'm like, oh, I know what they're going to do. Well, they're- going to try and take her out. Yes. Watching the presidential debate, the deli owner, Joe Dixon, Bubba, Bubba Gump Trail, and his assistant Marcos, and a former purger turned EMT, Lainey Rucker, they're all watching it and kind of talking about it and everything. There's this one line that I couldn't get out of my head. There's this random guy in the deli, and they're like, what do you think, Irish Ike? Irish (laughs) Ike. Oh, sorry. I wasn't listening. I was thinking about waffles and pussy. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't, you know? Yeah. 
I thought that was hilarious. I, there's a lot of humor in this one. Yes, actually, there are. There's really a liked. lot more humor in this than there is in any of the other ones. Yeah. So they're all not paying a p- attention, and a pair of teenage girls that are in like Catholic schoolgirl outfits yeah. try to shoplift. They're like kind of going around and like smacking things with fly swatters. And then one of them grabs a candy bar and Marco sees on the security cameras that they are stealing. Mm -hmm. Joe corners them and the girls mock him and say that they'll do whatever they want. And if he tries to get physical with them, they're going to scream rape. And then all of a sudden Lainey intervenes and the girls recognize her as a famous ex-perger. And they actually kind of like look up to her and they're like, dang, we would have liked to seen you back in the day and they end up giving him the candy bar and leaving. Joe gets a call stating that the cost of his purge insurance has been raised by like thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. And he can't pay it so they cancel his purge insurance. And he's like, I'm gonna basically guard the store himself which Marcos and Lainey are like, don't do that. Yeah, they're like, don't do that. At the same time, they're hone in on the TV and the country's so-called murder tourism. Murder tourism! Booms the economy due to the terrorists visiting the U.S. to participate in the annual purge nights. Which, you know, I was thinking about this because I watched this movie not so long ago. And I was sitting there going, okay, so this is obviously a U.S. thing. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't you be a U.S. citizen to participate in it? That's what you would think. Right. But then I guess if they're doing this murder tourism, which is actually a thing a lot of countries have, which Mm -hmm. is kind of messed up. (laughs) But I mean, it is a thing. You actually watch the show on Netflix, Dark Tourists. They talk about murder tourism. And it's really interesting. That's stupid. So, but yeah, I was watching this and thinking, well, if it's a U.S. thing and it's strictly exclusive to the U.S., shouldn't you be a U.S. citizen to participate? But that's just me overanalyzing things. (laughs) Yeah. As the purge begins, Joe guards his entire store, sets up on the roof with guns and comic books. I mean, honestly, that's not a bad idea. Guns and comic books. Yeah. He's joined by Marcos. Um, They actually repel an attack by the teen girls who are seeking revenge. They roll up in like, at first I thought it was a Chrysler 300. And then I looked closer. It looks like a motherfucking Prius covered in (laughs) Christmas lights. And I was like, well, if you're trying to sneak up on somebody, use a Prius because they don't make noise. But also you've got fucking Christmas lights all over it. So you're not trying to be stealthy. And they're all dressed up in like tutus and everything. And the girl who stole the candy bar was like, I already took care of my parents and now I'm here for my candy. I'm like, you really care about this candy bar? You're going to kill people over candy? Your priorities are a little messed up. I'm just going to say that. Anyway, so Lainey and her partner Dawn patrol the city in an ambulance providing medical care to the wounded. The senator decides to wait out the purge from her home rather than from a secure location to secure the vote and is a accompanied by her head of security, Sergeant Leo Barnes. Other people are there as well, but they don't, I mean, they don't really introduce them as main characters. Well, Cooper and Eric are pretty, they serve a pretty big purpose. Yes, because we find out they're NFFA spies who allow a neo-Nazi paramilitary force 
led by Earl Damzinger, <laughs> to kill the guards and invade the house. Barnes escorts Rowan to safety, but I like how he did it. Mm-hmm. So basically, they mess up the security camera footage. Leo Barnes actually radios the guys outside. He's like, hey, I'm coming outside. And they don't radio him back. And he's like, hey, radio check. And nobody's checking back. He fixes the footage and sees that everybody's been taken out. He's like, oh shit. So he has to run to the senator and he's like, hey, they're coming for you. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he rolls back this big, this big rug that's in her office. Mm -hmm. And it's basically this trap door. And she's like, what's that? And he's like, it's a little secret of my own. What's that? And I'm like, oh, you're creeping on the center. No, it's a trap door. It's a trap door that leads her down through her own closet, basically. Yeah. And that's how he's able to get her out. So he does get, um, shot in the process. He gets shot as they're leaving. Yeah. They're already outside and he's like, I found him and he shoots him. And then he ends up detonating a bomb in the house, killing everybody that's left in the house. Mm-hmm. In the meantime. In the meantime, Barnes and Rowan accept, attempt to seek shelter, but are ambushed by a gang of murder tourists, which I have this outfit, by the way. She does. It is a glowing mask. It's Lady Liberty. Basically, Mm -hmm. it's on all of the advertising for the Purge election year. And I was actually with you on Halloween uh, 2016, I believe. Yeah, 2016. And we went out in my murder tourist. uh, Yeah. You had a, did you have a fake machete or a bat? I can't remember. It was a fake machete. That's right. It was plastic. So I wouldn't (laughs) hurt myself. (laughs) Or anybody else for that matter. Or anybody else. Before they can be executed by the murder tourists, Joe and Marcos kill the gang, having seen them running from the rooftop. But what was so creepy to me was they had on all of these masks about, like... America. America, basically. And they're like, we're here to to be American and to kill. It's all right. And, like, all... They have these super thick accents. And so it's super, super satisfying to see them get shot. Yes. So, basically, Joe and Marcos save them, and they take shelter in the store. But then the freaking girls show back up. the girls who want the candy show up with reinforcements. But it's not just reinforcements. It's like, this guy is in a pig costume. Yeah. Like a stuffed pig costume. Yeah. And he has like a bandsaw. Oh, yeah. And no. he's trying to get through the door. They had some crazy ass weapons. I was like, Jesus Christ, you guys, do you really need this candy that badly? There are probably a whole bunch of other stores that you could go to to get the candy. Yeah. But she has a vendetta against Joe. Teenagers are obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. So they've been trying to call Lainey to come help them and she's basically Shows up. <laughs> Well she does, but like you get the the idea that she's not going to. Yeah. And then all of a sudden these annoying girls are like dancing and playing ring around the rosy in the street. And all of a sudden, Lainey smashes into him and kills half the group. Yeah. And the other purgers are still in the back trying to break in. And they end up leaving through the front for a safer hideout. Yeah. And Joe doesn't want to leave because it's his store. He's built it. It's his thing. Marcos is like, I will help you rebuild. But we, just, we have to, we have to leave now. They leave. That Danzinger guy shows up in a helicopter. He shows helicopter. up in a freaking helicopter. And they're like, how did they know where we were? Barnes realizes that they were tracking the bullet in his shoulder, which he removes by himself with some freaking little forceps yeah. things. He's just like. And <laughs> every 
everybody's just so freaked out watching him do this. I was freaked out watching yeah. him do this. Nobody likes watching other people reach inside their body to get things out. Yeah, and then all of a sudden a bunch of crypts show up. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the crypts and the bloods. You don't know this, but all of a sudden Joe, like, throws up a whistle. Like, whoo, whoo. That was a really good whistle on my part. (laughs) And then another member throws it back and he's like, oh, it's okay to open the doors. And you're like, no, don't open the doors. And he opens it up and they're like, hey, we need help for our guy, our comrade. And so if in return, the Crips plant the bullet in another area to divert the paramilitary team. And then the Crips kill the paramilitary team. Yeah. Danzinger is like, he observes it from his radio hearing like, oh, God. And he's like, well, shit. Well, shit. (laughs) The team arrives at an underground anti-purge hideout run by Dante Bishop. Dante's back. Bloody guy from 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 the the first. first. During their stay, Barnes and Rowan discover that Bishop's group intends to assassinate the NFFA leadership in an effort to end the purge. And the senator, Charlie, she begs them not to. And they're like, it's too late. The plan's already in motion. And she's like, but I don't want to, I don't want to win like this. And they're like, but we're going to make sure that you do. Barnes and Rowan end up escaping back to the streets and reunite with Joe, Marcos, and Lainey, who'd left the hideout earlier to return to Joe's store. Sergeant Barnes orders... Uh, essentially, they're, they're like, we need to get out of the city. Yeah. At this point. The ambulance is hit by Danziger's team. The senator is pulled from the van and taken before anybody can get to her. Barnes leads the group and Bishop's team to, they know exactly where they're taking her. It's the cathedral to where they're going going to to sacrifice her. NFFA loyalist Harmon James stabs a drug addict to death, which they're on these hand trucks. Mm -hmm. They're like tied up to these hand trucks. They put like, (laughs) I was like, why are they putting a beekeeper hat on her? Because it's like a veil Mm -hmm. that they put over her so the NFFA members can't see who they actually have. And before she can actually be killed, the group arrives. Marcos assassinates Warrens, causing a shootout. And I remember yelling, it's a firefight! <laughs> In the church. In the church, yes. And um, my neighbor probably thinks I'm really weird. Whatever. <laughs> and they kill the entire congregation, except for Owens and James, who escape. Owens is caught by Bishop's group. And the senator manages to persuade them to spare him. Mm-hmm. The remaining paramilitary forces arrive, killing Bishop and his team, which was super sad. Yeah. Um, but before that, before they killed Bishop, they shot him a couple times. And I remember Bishop looked at uh, Sergeant Barnes and was like, I got one more move left to me. <laughs> And so One he gets more. in a car and basically slams it into some of the paramilitary group. Yeah. Danzinger and Barnes basically oh, are yeah. like... It's a fist gonna, fight. Yeah, or it's a knife fight, they actually. They get in a knife fight. <laughs> they get in a knife fight. Where uh, Barnes beats and stabs Danzinger to death. Thank God. Mm-hmm. The senator and the team... Free the imprisoning purge victims. James emerges and kills a released prisoner before engaging Joe in a gunfight. This purge, or this uh, drug addict is like, I gotta get out of here! Runs and opens a door. Mm-hmm. He gets killed immediately. Yeah. And though all fatally wounded, Joe manages to kill James with a point-blank headshot. It's a headshot. And before dying, Joe asks Lainey and Marcus to take care of his store. Yeah, it's which, sad. It was so sad. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. Oh no, not Bubba. Not Bubba. 
And then it fast forwards two months later, Rowan wins the election in a landslide while um, Barnes is appointed the new director of security service. Marcos and Laney are renovating Joe's store, which was looted and demolished by the surviving half of the teens that were obsessed with candy. They are going to run it in his memory, and the news report states that the NFFA supporters have staged violent uprisings across the country in response to election results at the end of the annual purge night. Yeah. This one, I think, was a really great way to end The Purge. Yeah. The whole franchise, I think that this one had, honestly, the creepiest masks. I think this one had a lot more imagery in it with, you know, the the group of... Murder tourists. (laughs) Get it out! (laughs) The group of murder tourists with their... We're going to dress up as, you know, all... Um, American figures, essentially. Yeah. Lady Liberty, Uncle George Sam, Washington. George Washington. Yeah. It, I'm sure there was a Clinton in there somewhere. Yeah. So I think that was... that. I think that's very poetic for them to do that because they're obviously not U.S. citizens, but they're going to come here and purge. And I think it also kind of gives you a glimpse into what the rest of the world is thinking of the U.S. at this point. Yeah. You know, they're seeing this and they either want to join in or... Y'all are crazy. So I think I think that this was a really great way to end this. And then, you know, of course you have the, the first purge, which was the last movie to come out, which I think honestly is the worst. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if that's because it was directed by somebody different or if it just because it, I, did, I felt like it didn't fit in with the rest of this. I felt like it was very much its own separate thing. Yeah, and being the first one, maybe that's what they were going for because it wasn't nationwide. Yeah. Because it was just Staten Island. Right. I will say I think that the the different director had something to do with it. Right. It jumped around so much. I felt like I was being so detailed in my explanation of the first purge because it jumped around so much and because there were so many characters to get through. Right. And maybe that was because the director of the first purge did a lot of shorts mm-hmm. and that was his only kind of thing frame to of go reference, off of. Frame I think of reference. because I felt like these three movies with The Purge, Anarchy, and Election Year were very cohesive in their storytelling. Mm -hmm. And they used the same characters and they brought old characters back and they brought in new characters, but they had ties to the old ones, Mm -hmm. essentially. I felt with The First Purge, it was very disjointed in the way that it told the story and it Mm -hmm. did jump around so much that I think that that made it more difficult to follow. And I don't think that the characters in The First birds were as compelling as the characters that were in the first three. I think the characters in the first three, you know, you really became attached to. Mm-hmm. The senator and with um, Leo Barnes and the Sandins, I think you kind of had an attachment to all of those characters. And then with the first birds, you didn't really get a chance to become attached to any of those characters because of how much it moved around. Yeah. So yeah, I think if I were to rate them, I would go The Purge, Purge Anarchy, Election Year, and then The First Purge. Mine would be The Purge, The Purge Election election Year, The Purge Anarchy, and then The First Purge. Yeah. So, so we're only off by I one. But I, I really did enjoy these movies as a whole. I think the concept of it is very unique. I think that this was kind of a first of its kind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously it was successful because it spawned three other movies and a TV show and, you know, a scare zone at Halloween Horror Nights that has been there, I think, twice now. That's how you know you've made it. That's how you know you made it.
made it. If you've got a scare zone or a maze at Halloween Horror Nights, you know, you, you really made it at this point in the horror world. Although Happy Death Day had one and I was not a huge fan of that movie. I liked Happy Death Day. I didn't like Happy Death Day to you. I didn't even bother that. one went that a little one. off the rails, but yeah, that's just me. So yeah, I mean, all in all, if you guys haven't seen these movies, you really should. I feel like The Purge just the first film to ever come out was kind of, it's it's kind of a staple mm-hmm. in the horror genre. Um, I feel like it's kind of in the same vein as movies like Saw or Hostel. It's very much about what rich people do in their spare time. Saw wasn't so much like that, but it's kind of that what would you do sort definitely. of genre, I think. And I feel like it's definitely a movie, if you're really just trying to ease into horror, it's a great way to start just because it's not obscenely violent, but there are actually really great moments of terror and horror. So definitely, definitely worth a check out. Well, thanks for sticking with us for this two-part episode. Yeah. It was really fun. Enjoyed. I, I really enjoyed this. It was a good time. All the, watching all the movies and then talking about it, I think that that's, that's the way to go when it comes to movie reviews. Speaking of reviews and ranking things, one of our upcoming episodes is going to be actually, based on our namesake, Best Friends Horror Story, we're going to be ranking our favorites American Horror Story seasons. And backing it up. Yes, we're facts going... and figures. No, not facts and figures. reasons. Reasons. Just personal reasons of why we like them. I'm really anxious to see what your top three and lower three mm-hmm. are. We're not going to be ranking the most recent season for reasons that we will tell you about in the next episode. Yes. We're going to be ranking them and I'm really, I'm really excited to talk about too. the old American horror stories. I know. I really need to go through. I just actually recently rewatched the first first season because I, I love that season and I wanted to kind of get a frame of reference from the beginning to the end yeah I'm really excited because that show is like a huge was had a huge impact on me and I think it had an impact on just pop culture in general so I think that'll be really fun to talk about we are also gonna be doing a show talking about Krampus because it is the holiday season and what better way to celebrate the holidays than with a Christmas horror movie. And it's not just a Christmas horror movie. I mean, I love that movie. It was really good. People, I, I rewatched it and I was like, oh my God. People so good. were really divided on that movie, which I found to be very interesting. But we'll talk about that when we do our I, I want to talk about it now. I know. <laughs> and then we're also going to have some guest spots coming up here soon, which I'm very excited for because who doesn't love a good guest co-host going on? Yeah. So, One of them's going to stay anonymous, and I'm totes good with that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. So thanks, guys, for sticking with us through this two-part episode. I know it's a lot, and that's why we split it up into two rather than have you listen to a two-hour episode, because that is a lot to listen to. Go ahead and follow us on our socials. On Instagram, we are Best Friends Horror Story. And Christini the Genie, I'm not going to spell it. I've spelled it in a previous episode. You can go and find me on your own time. Yeah. And mine is Living Dead Girl Jewels. My Instagram is actually on our Instagram page, so you can go check that out. And um, please go follow us on our Twitter. It is BF Horror Story. We're pretty active over there. I would say I'm more active on Twitter 
than anything else. Because there's a really cool group of podcasters on there just posting some hilarious stuff. Definitely go follow us on there. And we are pretty much available on every single podcast platform wherever you're listening to us. Please rate and review our podcasts if there is an option to do that. It makes it way easier for people to find us. And we also have a pod chaser. You can go check us out on there too. Obviously just search best friends horror story and we will come up. So thanks guys for coming and purging with us. Yeah. Uh, it was a great time and we will see you guys in the next episode. Okay. Bye. Bye. bye.